Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. Good to see everyone here tonight. Um, I'm going to get right to my reading here. And it will be in Matthew chapter 25. Matthew chapter 25, and um, I'm going to be reading verse uh, 14, and um, me and Brother Austin are going to be tag teaming again tonight, so he'll be coming up after me here. And uh, the Bible says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered them his goods. And unto one he gave five talents, and to another he gave two, and to another one, and to every man according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. And he that received the five talents went and traded with the same and made another five talents out of it. And likewise, he that had received two he also gained other two, uh, but he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of those servants come and reckon with them. So he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, you, you deliver unto me five talents. Behold, I've gained five more talents. His Lord said to him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou have been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things and turn to the joy of thy Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, you deliver unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, uh, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a few. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then he that received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you are a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gather where you have not strawed. And I was afraid, and went and hid my talent, your talent, in the earth. And lo, you have what is yours. His Lord answered and said unto him, You wicked and slothful servant, you knew that I reap where I sow not, and gather where I have not strawed. You should have, therefore, to have put my money to the exchangers, or another translation says, the bankers. And then at my coming, I should have received my own with interest. Take therefore the talent from him and give it unto him that hath ten talents. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast you the unprofitable servant into outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. All right, so uh, I just want to talk to you briefly about um, uh, investing in God. Investing in God. Amen. You can be seated. Lord, help me to teach tonight. Help us to teach and administer your word. Amen. Amen. So um, I taught this, I read this uh, this past weekend, and I taught a little bit of this to our Sunday school students, and um, and I thought it was a really good lesson. I'm going to kind of draw a little bit away, draw a little bit from that. Uh, and so, um, when I read this, I, I realized um, it's actually a very, um, it's a very famous parable. It's a very powerful parable, um, in that it it's it's one of the very few parables that I remember reading that really discusses 
uh, life and death, heaven and, and, and hell in terms of consequences. And so um, essentially what it's teaching is that we all are given talents. And, um, um, and so this then can be broken down a little bit further into uh, the fact that we're given talent, we're given time, we're given resources, we're given money, we're given gifts by God. And uh, God expects us to make the most out of the things that he, he gives us. The time, the talent, the abilities we have, and, um, and, the, and, and the day-to-day moments that we have. And I was te- teaching our students this past Sunday that, you know, um, this upcoming year, that the most important moments that we all will experience is not our birthdays, celebration, it's not some kind of special holiday. It's not some kind of special uh, event. But it's actually the boring, everyday uh, tick of the clock. Those are the most important moments of our lives. Because it's what we do in those moments that, um, and the things that we put our time in and invest ourselves in, those are the moments that ultimately define who we are, not those special days on the calendar. And so, um, so I put here the moments that, that you and I will remember that will make the biggest impact on our life this year will be the day-to-day moments that we don't even remember happening. And so the parable here is, is a very famous parable. Um, it teaches there's, there's three different things here that's going on. It's talking about the, the, uh, the owner of this land or the owner of this vineyard, and it's symbolic for Jesus uh, who has gone away to a far country, and as Jesus is now uh, uh, ascended to heaven, and he has given us uh, the responsibility of the church and the duties that come with that. And so he entrusts his servants with his work. He entrusts his servants with talents, their time, their money, uh, 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 their, their investments, if you uh, per se, and so, and then, and then, eventually, he's going to come back. As we know, the Lord will come back, and uh, he's going to judge everybody according to what they do with their time, their money, their resources, uh, the things that God has granted and given to them during their lifetime. And so, this p- parable really illustrates a very a serious weight of responsibility that sits upon my shoulders and your 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 shoulders uh, as the church. And the many roles that we all fill um, individually. And so, talent. I looked up talent uh, for what it is. Webster defines it as a special ability that allows somebody to do something really well. And my commentary here says that one talent is actually equal to 6,000 denarii, whatever that means. And so, uh, sounds expensive. I wouldn't, I, I could use 6,000 denari- denaries. Uh, so, Time then, uh, so, so talent, uh, like I said, can, can mean time, energy, resources, the things that we have, but I'm going to just use talent as what it is, and the first thing that came to my mind is that we're all talented. We've all got a gift. We've all got an ability. There are some things that I can't do uh, that you can do, and there are some things that you can do that I can't do. Some of you are very good people person, if that makes sense. People, people. Um, and some of us are not. Uh, some of us are really good with technology. Some of us are not. Some of us are really good with a sound system. They talked about this thing, call, calling it an avion. Avon. See, I can't even pronounce it, so I'm not going to touch it. See, but people are talented in this. 
So God's given everybody a talent and an ability um, uh, that comes natural to them or whatever it is that he gives you. So no one, all that to say that he gives all of the servants a talent. So we all have a talent. We can't say it. We don't have something that God can use. And so you all have a gift. You all have an ability. You all have um, something about you that God wants you to use, and he wants you to invest back into his kingdom. And so um, the next thing is that he, uh, he gave each servant, the Bible says, uh, uh, he gave each servant according to his ability. And so, um, well, you say, well, why can't I, uh, you know, why can't I have a, a really good voice? I asked that to myself for years. Why can't I have a really good voice like all these wonderful praise singers? You know what? I couldn't handle it. All the fame, I couldn't handle it. So God gave that gift to my wife. She's a lot more humble than I am. So God gives gives us abilities uh, that he knows we can handle, gifts that he knows uh, we are able to use and operate and, 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 and use within our capacity and within our means. And so I put here, God has given us the ministry and role we currently have because he knows that that's what we can handle at this point of, in time in our lives. So I progress uh, through different stages in my last decade in living for God and my ministry and, and different things that I, I do in my life has changed. I'm not doing the same thing I did 10 years ago. But thank God I'm, I wasn't, uh, God didn't give me those responsibilities 10 years ago because I couldn't have handled them. And so some of the gifts and the talents and the abilities come with time and it comes with experience and it comes with a faithfulness to God. And so... Um, First thing here, it says, the first two servants received the same reward, the joy of the Lord, based on their faithfulness, not the size of their responsibility. That's huge because I want you to pay attention to something. All the, the, both of the, the, the servants received the same reward, the joy of the Lord, making it to heaven. That's the main thing that we're all striving after, regardless of the talent that they were given. And so here's what God is more concerned about. He's more concerned about our faithfulness with the little things that we have more so than how much it is that we can give. He rewards faithfulness. He doesn't reward the size of the responsibility. So what's my, what am I trying to say? I'm saying that the, the missionary right now in Uganda who has been faithful for years, if he dies, his reward will be the same as sister so-and-so in some obscure church like Baytown, greeting people at the door. But if she did that for 20 years and stayed faithful, her reward is the same. Doesn't that encourage you? That encourages me. The smallest task in the kingdom of God still receives a great reward if you're faithful to performing it. Ecclesiastes 9 and 10. Brother Matt, if you'll pull that up for me. Let me check my time real quick here. Okay, 10 minutes. Whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it. I love this verse. Do it. With all thy might. If you're going to do anything for God, be all in. I'm just a church greeter. Well, thank Sister Ruth. is one of the best church greeters I know. And Sister Brokaw, 
when you walk into this church, their smile is from ear to ear, and they make you feel welcome. I've been coming here for 10 years. If you're going to be a church greeter, be the best church greeter. If you're going to be a Sunday school teacher, hug those kids. Sister Tiffany is our, our superintendent, and, and I don't know anybody that loves kids in, our, in church ministry, Sunday school ministry than, than, than she does. And I've seen it as one of her, um, um, uh, as one of her assistants in her class. And, and, and when she hugs those kids, she means it. And when she tells them that Jesus loves you, she means it. And so if you're going to be a Sunday school teacher, be the best Sunday school teacher. Be the best Sunday school teacher. If you're going to be an usher, collect the most money. Praise God. If you don't, if you, I tell, you know, I've watched the offering plate. If if an usher doesn't get enough offering plate, we need to find another one. Amen. If you're going to preach and teach, do your best. Whatever it is God has assigned to you, give it your all. Give it your all. Revelations 3 and 16, the Bible says, so then because you are lukewarm, neither hot or cold, I will spew you out of my mouth. God said, if you're going to be in, be all in. If you're going to be hot, be hot. If you don't want any part of this, then get out. But don't do it half-heartedly. Amen. Because I will honor faithfulness. I will honor faithfulness. Amen. So, some of my best sermons, some of my best sermons were I, or, or church services where I had tremendous uh, a move of God and people responded was I can remember I gave everything I had in those sermons. I prepared, I prayed, I, I did what, what I needed to do, and God honored that, and he blessed that, and the investment yield a return. It's when I did not, and I had many times where I came up here half-heartedly, and it showed, and y'all may not know it, but I do. And so be faithful. The Bible says be faithful over a few things, a few things, a few things. It's the little things that you do. It's the little things that you invest in every day. It's the, it's the prayer that you give your time to. It's the time that you dedicate to the word of God. It's those little things that you do in the little moments of your day that God sees if he can trust you with a little bit of time. He trusts you with a little bit of talent. He trusts you with a little bit of a gift. He trusts you with a little bit of a role in ministry or whatever it is. And he sees how well you respond to that. And from there, he'll give you more. From there, he gives you more. Here's here's my big point here, and I, I read this. Invest in the things of God and live or you can play it safe and die. That's the big point I got out of this parable. Because those guys that the guy with the five and the guy with the two traded with what they had. They invested what they had into the kingdom of God, and God blessed it and yielded a return. But the one that played it safe, that's, that's the uh, catch-22 or the double-edged sword. Is Yes, you can play it safe and never use and give your, of yourself to the kingdom of God, and in the end of the day, you will have that, but you'll never grow. You'll never be blessed. You'll never increase. But the ones who invested in the kingdom of God were blessed. They increased. It yielded a harvest in their lives. And so it's like I thought about stocks and investment and, you know, how they, how they would, they did a study on 10,000 10, millionaires. They did 
a study on, on, on 10,000 millionaires, and they found that uh, over 95% of these millionaires didn't inherit it or this or that or the other, but they steadily invested in their retirement account since their 30s or their early 20s, and it yielded a return. And the incredible thing is that a lot of them who were interviewed said that we crossed into millionaire status in our retirement account, and we didn't even know it. But it's the little things. It's that $5 a paycheck, that 20 bucks a paycheck, just a little bit over time, over time. It's that little prayer that I give. It's that hug that I give that Sunday school kid. It's that late nights I stay up and I study. It's those little investments that you give, and, and you may not see the result, but I guarantee you one day it will yield a tremendous result. And you will cross into millionaire status spiritually, and you'll never even know it. Amen. Invest in God. God loves people who take spiritual risk. Invest in him. Invest in him. You will grow, and you will thrive, or you can play it safe. And you'll have what you originally started with, but that's all it will ever be. That's all it will ever be. I'm going to close here. My notes all over the place. Amen. I told her, invest in God. Invest everything you've got. It's worth the investment. He's worth the investment. He's worth the investment. Take the risk. Take the risk. Take the risk. Um, Brother Thomas back here, um, uh, last year, or one of our, uh, as we were going to uh, NAYC, he found out how much one of our students needed, came up to me personally. I told him the amount. He wrote a check. Didn't know what it was for. Amen. But that check helped pay her, paid the way for one of our students. That and, and later on, she received the Holy Ghost at NAYC. And it was because he took a risk for God. And God blessed it. God blessed it. Amen. Amen. I love, I, I was, I, I try not to pick on brother and sister Daska seal, but you know, them teaching this parenting class or marriage class we went to. We, we really enjoyed it. They're going to be doing a parenting class. It's a risk. It's a risk. But I'm glad they took the risk. Amen. It's been a blessing to my wife and I. I know it's been a blessing to them in their own personal lives. It's a risk. But when you take a risk for God, he will bless you. Amen. He will bless you. Any investment in God will never be in vain. Never be in vain. Amen. I close with this. Malachi 3, 8 through 12. Will a man rob God? Yea, you have robbed me. Can I tell you, if you don't invest the time, the moments, the opportunities, the talents, and the skills you have into the kingdom of God, you are robbing God. But say this. Wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offering? I'm telling you that usher is very important. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Can I tell you that you, if, if God called, you all have a gift. We have a gift. I have a gift. You all have gifts, talents. Not only will you rob God, but you will rob your neighbor. You will rob this nation of the potential spiritual capacity that you are able to perform for, that, for it. Because there's a spot that God has for you in his kingdom and in his ultimate plan. And here's what he says. Bring you all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house. What is God saying? Invest in me. Invest in me with 
everything that you've got, with every ounce of energy, with every resource, with every nickel, with every dime, with every moment of your time, and prove me, saith the Lord, and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing that there shall not be room enough for you to receive it. In other words, God's saying, I dare you to invest in me and see if I won't bless you. Not only that, you got to read the rest, and I will rebuke the devourer. Invest in God, he'll take care of the devil. Invest in God, and your business will thrive. Your paycheck will increase. You'll get that raise. You'll get that blessing. You'll drive that new car. You'll pay the bills. Invest in God. Neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. Amen. 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 Glad for the word of the Lord. And all nations shall call you blessed. All nations shall call you blessed. Amen. Amen. I'll mention this very quickly, and I'm going to get out of the way and let Brother Lawson come up here. Amen. I grew up playing basketball. Sorry to make a secular reference. I played basketball in junior high and in high school. And I don't know if you keep up with the news, but he was all over the news Sunday. Got a text on my phone. Some of my friends that we grew up playing basketball said, you know, Kobe Bryant passed away. I said, what? He did. All-time championship caliber player equivalent to Michael Jordan. I know everybody here knows Michael Jordan, even if you don't play basketball. Tragically lost his life with his daughter in a hel- helicopter crash, 41 years old. He had his uh, was beginning his second act. He was beginning to invest in different things, and it, it just was a reminder to me. I spent some time reflecting about this, that what am I here for? and What am I doing? Because life is so short, and I want to make sure I am investing in the right things. I want to make sure I'm investing in the right things. Kobe Bryant spent all of his 20 years playing basketball in the NBA. He spent time away from his wife and his children. And when it was time for him to invest in the right things, he had two years of it. Before he, he was before the tragic accident. Invest in God. Invest in God. That's my point tonight. Invest in God and try him. Try him. Invest in him and see if he won't bless you back. Amen. Thank you for your, for your uh, patience. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of, of praise. Brother Austin. Thank you, Brother Twan. I uh, find myself not teaching the same thing, but in parallel. Uh, I'm going to read a text. You don't have to stand um, from the book of 2 Kings, starting in chapter 13, verse 14. Chapter 13, verse 14. It says, Now Elisha was fallen sick of his sickness, whereof he died. Joash, the king of Israel, came down unto him and wept over his face and said, O my father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And Elisha said unto him, Take a bow and arrows. And he took unto him a bow and arrows. And he said to the king of Israel, Put thine hand upon the bow. And he put his hand upon it. And Elisha put his hands upon the king's hands. And he said, Open the window eastward. And he opened it, and and Elisha said, Shoot. And he shot. And he said, The arrow of the Lord's deliverance. And the arrow of deliverance from Syria. 
and thou shalt smite the Syrians in Aphek till thou have consumed them. And he said, Take the arrows, and he took them. And he said unto the king of Israel, Smite upon the ground. And he smote thrice and stayed. And the man of God was wroth with him and said, Thou shouldest shouldest have smitten five or six times, then thou hast smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it. Whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice. So the title that I will give my lesson or sermon or whatever you want to call it tonight is Missed Opportunities. So as um, Brother Tuan was teaching tonight, I couldn't help but think of how similar both of our lessons were in that his was about taking the time to invest in God and don't pass up your opportunity to use your talents for the kingdom of God, right? And all I could think over and over again is, wow, I'm basically going to come up here and say the same thing. I hope he doesn't use any of my scriptures. (laughs) And so I will sit here and I'm going to whack you all over the head one more time. Hopefully at a different angle. So if it didn't get to you the first time, it'll get to you this time. Um, I heard a story a long, uh, a while ago, back whenever I was still in high school, um, that said that a long time ago at a high-end resort area along the East Coast, a small community was having an open town meeting about some financial problems that they were having. And about two dozen people, maybe 30 um showed up, and there was one man who nobody seemed to really know um, who came to this meeting. He was apparently visiting the area, and he just dropped in. Um, And while they were trying to come up with solutions to their financial issues, he tried to make a comment once or twice and tried to interject, and it seemed like uh, nobody really cared to hear from him. They thought he wasn't very important, um, and they interrupted him and and just spoke over him. So for the rest of the the meeting, he kept still and he ended up leaving early. And just as he was walking out, somebody who was late was coming in, and they said, "What was he doing here? You know, is he going to help us out?" And the rest of the people there said, "I'm not really sure who you're talking about. That guy, nobody knows who that is." And the person who had just arrived said, "What do you mean you don't know? That was." That was John D. Rockefeller that just walked out of here. His yacht sits in our harbor. Why didn't you ask him for help? And in despair, everyone said, we had no idea. We didn't know who he was. And it's, and I I couldn't tell you if this story is true or not, but I can guarantee you on the spiritual side of things, this happens all of the time to each and every one of us. In whatever situation of life that we're in, we come into a place and we're trying to solve our problems and we're trying to come up with solutions to all of these crazy situations that we happen to find ourselves in. And there is somebody there who has an answer for you, who can help you easily. And somehow it seems to escape our grasp that all we have to do is ask God for his help. And I I can't tell you how many times I've kicked myself in the seat of my pants because I missed a golden opportunity for something and not just spiritual wise, right? To make an opportunity 
uh, or, or to miss an opportunity to make a positive difference in somebody's life, to be a blessing to somebody who is hurting, to witness to somebody, or even so far as to say, you know, to miss out on a job opportunity. Uh, Matthew chapter 19 in verse 16 says, Behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what things shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why the, callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life and keep the commandments, and he said, uh, saith unto him, Which? And Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt commit no adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. And the young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up, what lack I yet? And Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. And when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And this is a story that many of us have heard, um, if not all of us have heard. And the killer part is, to me, is in verse 21, when Jesus says to the young ruler, come and follow me. Because it's the same phrase that he used whenever he called to each and every one of the disciples. And he would say, come and follow me. And they would drop what they had, and they would go and follow him. And this young man could not do it. He missed his golden opportunity, if you will. And I have done research in a book called Visioneering. It's by Andy Stanley. And... uh my wife's grandfather actually gave it to me uh, whenever she and I got married. Uh, a few weeks later, we had went to go visit, and he handed it to me, and uh, he was a Baptist minister, and he said, you know, this book is has been a useful tool for me um, just to gain perspective on my own spiritual life. And one of the things he says in there is, we don't need to pray for more miracles. We just need to be more sensitive to the opportunities that God brings our way. And as a Pentecostal, raised Pentecostal, we believe in the move of God. I guarantee you. And growing up, it was, you know, a a staple in every church service for amazing things to happen. And I remember from the time I was in my youth group on about praying, God, you know, let's let's move in this place. Let's have miracles in this place. And as I read this passage in this book, and it talks about being more sensitive to the opportunities that God brings our way, it, it's like the uh, it's like a, a switch flipped, and I realized that it's not necessarily. Um, it, it's not necessarily about God performing miracles in front of us and his responsibility to bring miracles into this place, but more about us being sensitive to those opportunities that God brings our way. There's a story about a shoe salesman who went to a third world country in Africa. And he was there for about two weeks, and then he wrote back to his company, and he said, please bring me home. Nobody over here wears shoes. So they swapped him out. They brought him home, 
after his begging and pleading, and they sent another salesman in his place. In a couple of weeks, they got a letter from him saying, please send all the shoes you can because nobody here wears shoes. So you might not realize it, but everybody has the power to be a blessing in somebody's life. Um, And maybe you work in a place where nobody believes in God, and it seems like a difficult place to work and a difficult place to witness because nobody wants to hear about God. But if you look at it from the other direction, you have such opportunity where you are to be a witness for God because nobody believes in God. Nobody, nobody actively wants to speak about God. It gives such a big opening. Maybe that's why God puts you in that place. Or it may just be that somebody is looking for some type of big ministry, right? They want to come into the spotlight. They want the five talents, but really you only have the one. But if we use what we are given and we invest it with God, then we should never, ever miss an opportunity, and God will bless that. Matthew 10 and 42 says, Whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of water in the name of the disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. As little as a glass of water. It doesn't have to be something crazy and big. The Bible is full of examples of people who missed great opportunities. The people in Noah's day had a chance to get on the ark. They were busy with their own lives. They didn't believe him. They had other things to do. They didn't want to listen to the preacher. They saw the ark being built, and they laughed. And then one day, it started to rain for the first time, and then they weren't laughing anymore. And then God shut the door, and then... All of a sudden, after the fact, they had time, and they believed. The people of Sodom and Gomorrah had a chance to repent, and we all know how that story ended. God burned it with fire and brimstone, um, and again, they had a chance. And whenever they finally were ready, it was too late. And then the two thieves on the cross both had an opportunity and one of them realized that there was, it was not an ordinary man that was dying beside him. He looked at Jesus and said, would you please remember me when you come into your kingdom? And the other thief said, if you really are the son of God, then get us down. He didn't want to serve God. He just wanted out of his current situation. But both men had an opportunity. There was also the story of the good Samaritan. I don't need to read it to you. I'm sure you all know it, but uh, he he was stripped of his clothing. His money was stolen. They beat him up, and they left him to die. A priest passed him, and a Levite passed him, and then a Samaritan came upon him as he journeyed and walked up to him, saw him, and had compassion on him. And that is the point where real ministry begins, because it's really and truly amazing what people will do when they're moved by compassion. I, as a young man, I say young man, as a child, really, I was 19 or 20 years old. I was uh, just starting to work a quote-unquote real job. 
right? I had a full-time job. I was working hard out in the sun all day and making my own money, paying for my own car, paying for my own everything, right? I was starting to become independent. And like all young men, I knew everything under the sun. Um, and if anybody asked me anything, I had an answer, right? And uh, part of it was arrogance and part of it was stupidity. But um, whatever it was, it was a potent combination, I'll tell you. And I was not a very compassionate person. Um, I was not a mean person. I don't I don't think. <laughs> But I I was not rude to people, um, and but I was a kid, and I was a male, so that's two things working against me there. But I was not a compassionate person for sure. I didn't understand um, how some people could possibly get themselves in these types of situations because I will never do that. And I just I didn't I didn't have compassion at all. I I I was inexperienced, let's say. Needless to say, I'm not inexperienced anymore. I guess my mother prayed for me to have compassion or my wife or somebody did because I soon learned what it was like to be in those types of situations and and it changes you whenever you have compassion for people and what they're going through. Um it it makes it a lot easier to reach down and help somebody who's been beat up and to do whatever it takes to get them through it. Jesus looked at the crowd and said, tell me, who do you think was a neighbor to him? And 2,000 years ago, God sent his only son into the world to become our savior. And it was such a wonderful event that heaven could not remain silent. Luke Chapter 2, verse 9 says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And it goes on and on to say, So it was when the angel had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said one to another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And then the shepherds had a choice that night. And they received the message of the birth of the king, and they said, let's go see for ourselves. But not everybody uh, had the same view. And I don't want to go through each and every one of these because I'm uh, in, in the interest of time. I will skip down through a few pages of my notes. But the most important thing out of all of these was the majority of the Jewish nation did not receive Jesus well. John chapter 1 says, He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name. And that's essentially what all of this boils down to is we have an opportunity here in this place tonight and throughout the rest of our given lives on this earth um, to live for God, right? And in all that we are and all that we do, Brother Tuan was talking about how um, he, he can distinctly tell whenever he gives his all 
in preaching and teaching the word of God and such when what a difference it makes. And I don't want to embarrass him, but I, uh, I remember as a young man working in the sound room, um, again, that age where I knew everything and I wasn't doing everything that I should have been doing looking back. But I remember, uh, brother Myers preaching to the congregation and it seems like every time brother Myers gets behind the pulpit, he gives, he gives it all. He lays it all on the line. And, and I remember this one service and I couldn't tell you the title of his message. I can tell you what he was preaching about and I can tell you what he did. He was this particular example that he was giving was about the eunuch who was riding in the chariot and the prophet appeared beside him. And to this day, whenever I talk about it, everybody looks at me like, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. But I promise you, he drug out one of these chairs out into the middle of the platform. And he took his tie off. And he was standing on the chair going like this. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I... And it's comical now, but, and even then there was people laughing, right? And I was laughing up in the sound room, but I tell you what, to this day, it stuck with me. I can remember it as clear as day, him standing up in his sports coat, whipping his tie across the platform. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know what? It, it, maybe it's not conventional, I doubt you'll ever walk into a Baptist church and see the preacher standing on a chair whipping imaginary horses with his tie. But despite all of that, there was a great move of God in this place. Brother Myers put it all out on the line. He didn't miss that opportunity. I remember it distinctly because as people were praying in the front, me as somebody who knew everything and was perfect, (laughs) I kept to myself up in the sound room. I retreated away from the service because I didn't want to put it all out on the line. And I missed my opportunity to have a move of God. And today, that breaks my heart because every chance that I get now to move closer to God, I take it because I'm, I realize now in my life, you know, hindsight being 2020, that every chance you get as a young person to get closer to God not only strengthens your walk with God for your adult life, but it improves almost every aspect of your life because when you live for God, he will bless you, right? It's not just about moving forward the kingdom of God and pushing things in the kingdom of God up and up and up at, you know, by sacrificing your own personal life. But if you do that, the Bible says, put the kingdom of God first and all these things will be added unto you. Amen. If you would stand with me, I'm I'm done. I I don't have any more notes. I'm going to close very quickly. But if you would stand and pray with me tonight, um, Lord, we ask you to reach down, Lord, to touch each and every one of us, 
Lord, that we would recognize the opportunities and investments in front of us, Lord, and that we would seize these opportunities, Lord, that we would invest in your kingdom, Lord, that we would do what it is that you want us to do, Lord, that we would live for you with all of our might, with all of our talents, with all that we have, Lord, that we would put it towards moving your kingdom forward, Lord, to blessing you. In Jesus' name we pray. Lord, we worship you, and we thank you for this opportunity to come tonight. Lord, watch over us as we go from this place. In Jesus' name we pray. You're dismissed in the name of the Lord.